Baltimore Sports and Life is dedicated to analysis and discussion on the Baltimore Orioles, Baltimore Ravens, and the University of Maryland. The site has a team of writers providing coverage of those teams and houses live streaming content weekly. Join the conversations on the message board, like BSL on Facebook, and follow BSL on Twitter. Welcome in. It's another episode of Sports Night. I'm joined today by our BSL colleague, Raphael Johnson. Excited to speak to him in just one second. First, a word from the sponsor, uh, Mercer Floor and Home Carpet One. They're a third-generation family business. Established in 1959, they're located on Main Street in beautiful, historic downtown Westminster. They're the oldest floor-covering store in Carroll County and one of Maryland's longest-running flooring businesses. For all your flooring needs, think Mercer Floor and Home Carpet One. Raphael, how you doing? I'm doing well, Chris. How are you? Doing well. Uh, of course, you, you've covered uh, Terps and college basketball for us. You've most recently done some NBA writing. Uh, we're going to focus on the NBA today. Uh, we'll jump right into it. The C538, they had an article out today on uh, Joel Embiid playing like an MVP, uh, which he certainly is when he's on the court. And part of the reason Philadelphia is leading the Eastern Conference with a 17-7 record. But of those 24 games, he's already missed five games. Uh, can he actually be the MVP if he has to load manage his way out of 20% of the regular season? Probably not, um, because I think – you know, you look at some of the other candidates for the award right now in terms of Nikola Jokic and LeBron James, those guys are, are available on a nightly basis. There's really no question there whether or not they're going to play. So I think he's definitely in a conversation, but if he has to miss, say, 15 or so games, that might be an issue in terms of the MVP vote. So there's four teams in the East, uh, Philly, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, and Boston, each with uh, winning records. Uh, just uh, you know, going through those teams, what do you like? What do you question with each of them? We can start at the top of Philly and work our way down. I think Philly, the biggest question marks, Embiid's health for one and two. Um, the, other, the other guy I think people need to talk more about is Seth Curry and keeping him on the floor. Um, he had the bout with COVID-19, so he was out for a while. He's still shaking off that rust. They really need him from a spacing standpoint. That was a big issue with that group last year, not having those consistent perimeter shooters to provide the spacing that Embiid and Ben Simmons need to operate. So I think keeping him healthy and getting him back on track is going to be a big key for Philadelphia. And I don't think they're going to have too much of of an issue with that. As for Brooklyn, I think the interior play is the biggest concern For all the firepower they have on the perimeter with Harden, um, Kyrie, and Kevin Durant, DeAndre Jordan in the middle really doesn't inspire much as far as I'm concerned. We're talking about winning a championship. I know they've added Norvell Pell and and Noah Vonley, but what's that really say? So I think that's a team we're going to have to watch in terms of the post-trade deadline buyout market. So I'm not really too sure how many assets they have left to move after acquiring Harden, but they really need to address the center position. What they have may be enough to get them through a round or two in the East, but you look at what Philadelphia has to bring them up as an example, even Milwaukee, those are going to be tough matchups for Brooklyn if they don't improve that center position somehow. Yeah, Brooklyn, obviously, they've got the uh, offensive firepower, as you mm-hmm. mentioned, uh, but you still have uh, those you know, the trio learning to play together, Irvin and Harding both t- uh, particularly needing the ball. Uh, 
can they guard anybody? Yeah, and can you get any defensive uh, defensive play? And uh, you know, I I'm kind of with you. I feel like it's going to be hard for them to get through multiple rounds. Uh, what about Milwaukee? With you know, they added a couple of pieces, uh, particularly Holiday uh, yeah. in the off season. Uh, you know, I might like uh, you know, their starting five is interesting, but you know, Holiday and Milton. Uh, you know, and Lopez, you need uh, other people kind of around uh, Giannis as well. Can't just be Giannis, right? We've seen that in, yeah. the, in the playoffs the last couple of years. And then also a couple of the, the shooting issues uh, there with him, right, uh, with the defense. What are your thoughts on uh, on Milwaukee uh, in a postseason? Holiday's a big addition for that group in terms of what he can do on both ends of the floor. Uh, capable scorer, one of the best perimeter defenders in the league as well. Um Funny you mention him. He's probably going to be out for a bit due to the health and safety protocols. So that's something to watch. Uh, Bryn Forbes, he's not really a superstar by any stretch, but he gives him another capable perimeter shooter. He started whenever Holiday's been out of the lineup. He started last night, shot the ball well. Um, He's shooting the ball pretty well recently. That's his main calling card, being able to knock down perimeter shots. He's worked well with Giannis as well in terms of the the different kind of two-man look where you can use Forbes to set screens for Giannis and play that pick-and-pop game with a guard as opposed to a big. So I think Milwaukee has to be in that conversation. I think Milwaukee and Philadelphia, in terms of what they have right now, are the two best teams in the East. Um, I know, as we talked about with Brooklyn, you got three of the greatest to ever do it from a scoring standpoint. But I would take Milwaukee and Philadelphia in terms of what they can do on on the other end of the floor as opposed to just outscoring teams. And what about the uh, the Celtics? Just uh, you know, in that hierarchy, what uh, what's limiting them, uh, or what's going to be the difference from uh, uh, for them uh, trying to reach uh, the other three? Staying healthy for one. You know, obviously, Kemba Walker didn't get into the lineup until late, just because of the knee the knee situation. He's really struggled recently. Now you're without Jalen Brown. Jason Tatum has been one of the best players in the league for my money right now to this point in the season. And you add Marcus Smart, who's also hurt. You know, he's just an absolute bulldog for them defensively. Can give them some shooting at times. But I think the concern with Boston is the center position. Um, you got Daniel Tice, who's played decently, but he's I don't see him as a center that's going to win you a championship. You know, not that he has to do it himself. But when you look at past champions, that center position, even if it's just a, a platoon like the Lakers had last year, you tend to have guys who, can, who you can rely on night in, night out. So I think between Tice and Tristan Thompson, that's a bit of a concern. Robert Williams could be a wild card, but it feels like we've been saying that for the last three years now. So it may just not happen for him in terms of being that breakout player that we expect. Boston should definitely be in the conversation, but... Similar to Brooklyn, I look at that center position compared to what Milwaukee and Philly have. I think that might be an issue in terms of getting to the finals. Elsewhere in the East, defending uh, conference champion uh, were the Heat. Uh, they've had a uh, tough go of it so far in the yeah. year. What, what's the issue with them? Injuries. You know, injuries, COVID. You have guys in and out of the lineup. It's kind of hard to get that that chemistry, that continuity that they had in the bubble. Um, they really need Goran Dragic back for one. You know, he's out again. But getting Jimmy Butler back, Tyler Hero, 
there that's a that's a franchise that's not going to make excuses, but it's obvious that when you don't have that chemistry, you know, that, to establish that you've established throughout games, it can be an issue. I expect them to fully be in the mix by season's end. I think right now they're kind of hitting a, a bit of a bump in the road. Who's your uh, favorite rookie so far? Lamelo Ball, Tyrese uh, Halliburton, uh, Wiseman, maybe Emmanuel Quickly, Devin Vassell. Who do you like? I think from a consistency standpoint, I'd go Tyrese Halliburton. Um, he's done a really good job out there in Sacramento. Still coming off the bench, but he's playing 30-plus a night. Um, you know, he, he does a little bit of everything for them. Plays well with De'Aaron Fox when they're on the court together closing out games. You know, but to be fair, LaMelo's really coming on. Um, he's played excellent basketball the last week or two. Devontae Graham being out, he's really stepped into that that hole, so to speak. So now I, I maybe Charlotte can go with three guards once Graham is healthy enough to play, but we might be looking at a Wally Pipp situation there uh, because I don't know how you can take LaMelo out of the starting lineup given how well he's played. He shot the ball better than a lot of people expect him to. As long as he keeps the turnovers in check, I think he's going to be fine. So I think Ball and Halliburton have to be your early favorites for Rookie of the Year right now. Down the road from uh, me in Baltimore is uh, Washington and the Wizards. Is uh, Beal going to be a Wizard much longer? If not, where do you see him ending up? I think he will be. Um, he hasn't said anything to indicate that he wants to leave. So I'm just going to take him at his word or lack thereof, so to speak. Um, he plays extremely hard, one of the best players in the league. Their issue is some of the other guys can't guard a chair. Um, you know, So they made some changes to the rotation last night and got a much-needed win. But you look at the personnel, I just have a hard time seeing that team being much better than maybe they can squeeze into one of those play-in-round spots from 7 through 10, but... I, they really need to upgrade the, the, the middle, uh, the front court as well. they got some young players there who can get better in time. But defensively, look at Hachimura. Abdio has moved to the bench. They really don't have it right now. And then Thomas Bryant, obviously he's out for the year. He was never known as a great defender either. So I think that's the one area where the Wizards are really going to have to get better um, looking towards the future because I don't really see much in terms of hope for this season. But down the line, you want to be able to make sure that you surround Bradley Beal with the pieces that can help him take your franchise as high as he, as he wanted it to go. There are some guys rumored to be available in trades. Uh, Wayne Ellington in Detroit, George Hill of uh, OKC, P.J. Tucker in Houston, Lonzo Ball in New Orleans, J.J. Redick in New Orleans, Trevor Reeser in OKC, uh, Aaron Gordon in Orlando, Andre Drummond in Cleveland. What's are those guys, or maybe somebody I didn't mention, what's the trade you would like to see? I'd like to see J.J. Redick in, in either, and uh, probably, I guess I'd say Brooklyn, um, just because of they're a contender. Um, he obviously wants to get closer to his family if he's not going to be playing consistent minutes. So I think J.J. Redick in Brooklyn, but a better fit for Brooklyn, especially if he were to happen to get his, the remainder of his contract bought out, be Andre Drummond. Um, you've got the, the league's leading rebounder, good rim protector. Um, he's not a guy that you have to call post-ups for 15 or so times per game. So I think in terms of upgrading that center position, if you can get Drummond, that would be a big pull for Brooklyn. Um, 
Obviously, they're, I don't think they'd be able to match that trade-wise just because of what they gave up for the Harden deals we mentioned earlier. And he's making about $28 million, final year of his contract. So I think you kind of hold out hope there and see if Cleveland does something there. They have their center of the future in Jared Allen. The Jazz are leading the West at 19-5. and five. They're a strong, deep team, but would you give them any real chance against the Lakers in a seven-game series? <laughs> Um, no, I, I think right. I, I'd say about maybe go six. Um, so I guess you can say that, but I have a hard time picking against the Lakers. Um, you look at what they have when everyone's healthy, they just looked a bit bored these last couple games and, and they still managed to win, you know, against Detroit and Oklahoma city. You got LeBron, you got Anthony Davis. Uh, I'm going to have a hard time picking against you. And Dennis Schroeder as well. So they, they made the upgrade at the point. Um, so I, I think the Lakers are clearly the best team in the West. Everyone else, I think you look at Utah, the Clippers, I think some of those teams are going to end up beating up on each other more than anything uh, while the Lakers kind of coast through the conference finals. Uh, the Suns are currently the fourth seed. You're out there in Arizona. Uh, uh, Paul's made a big difference with the Suns. Obviously, you have Booker, Bridges have a nice year. Aton, another year older. Uh, I even see uh, Kaminsky's uh, – uh, back getting minutes. Obviously, Jalen Smith riding the pine right now. What are, what are your thoughts on the Suns? They look good. Uh, it, it always feels weird when you say that a team has to learn how to win, but I think that's where Phoenix was, and that's where adding Chris Ball to the mix really helps them out. Um, he's down with a hamstring issue right now. It's just, I guess it's just soreness, but given his past history you know, with injuries in recent years, that's a little bit of a concern right now. Um, Aiton hasn't always been the most consistent post player for them. I think him consistently producing and having that dog, that's going to be a huge, huge thing for Phoenix if they're going to maintain this. I think they're a playoff team. I don't see them as a top four team, uh, but they're there right now. So Devin Booker, outstanding shooter. I think this is a group that they get the right matchup in the playoffs. They could give someone a hard time in the first round, but I think they're still a little bit away from being that true contender out west. Uh, you mentioned the Clippers; they're seventeen and eight. Uh, last year, uh, they were my favorite going into the year. They looked lost in the bubble. George is having a a strong year. Obviously, him and Kawhi, you know, uh, one of the best combos in the league. You got Ibaka, Beverly. Patoon uh, uh, having a kind of a rebound year. You got some other. Def, Reggie Jackson, Lou Williams, Marcus Morris, Zubac. So, I mean, it's it's a team built to win. Are, are they the the primary competition for the Lakers, do you think? As long as they stay healthy, I think they are. Um, they, last year they played, what, about 15 games the whole season with their entire rotation intact. So right. I think that plus the, you know, the, the load management because – you throw two super, you throw a superstar and a star into the mix of that team that was really a kind of a grinded out, fight you for everything squad before Kawhi and Paul got there. And then you're having to make concessions in terms of load management and practice schedules and all that. That, that was a bit of a shot to, shock to the system for those holdovers. So I think they'll, they'll be a little bit better off in the second year uh, than they were last season. So I really do think they're the biggest threat to the Lakers out west. Denver's twelve and eleven. They're the eighth seed currently. Dallas is eleven and fourteen. They've won their last two, but 
uh, have struggled overall. Of those two, who's better positioned to rebound from their slow start, do you think? I think it's Denver. Uh, the big key for them is getting Jamal, Jamal Murray healthy. Um, he's been struggling with different knee and shoulder and elbow issues all season long. It's really prevented him from kind of getting into a rhythm. Jokic is, is pretty much unstoppable. Um, he's going to, wherever he wants to go on the floor, he's going to go and score. But in order for them to have a chance of reaching the heights that they did last season, they really need Murray to get healthy. And I think the Jeremy Grant loss ended up being bigger than a lot of people expected. Um, obviously, him going to Detroit, he's not winning, but he's he's got a much bigger role for himself. What he gave Denver defensively was really a great cover, especially when you consider Michael Porter Jr. is not really much of a defender. So to lose that kind of player, even with Jermichael Green off to a decent start in Denver, that's a bigger loss than I think a lot of us anticipated before the season started. And lastly for you, uh, Golden State, they're 512-12. They get Thompson back next year. If he's 90% of what he was, are they a legit contender once more? I I think you have to give them that respect uh, just because of what they've accomplished in past years when he's on the floor with Steph Curry. Um, The big key for them, I think, especially this season, is continuing to develop James Wiseman. Um, You know, he's out injured right now, but as long as you can – get that focal point in the middle to kind of counteract what you have on the perimeter. I think that'll go a long way towards getting the Warriors back to where we kind of expected them to be in recent years. So Wiggins is – It feels like – Go ahead. It, you know, Green does a, still does a lot on the floor, yeah. but it feels like there's a opportunities, particularly now, for him to do a bit more scoring than, than he is. You know, obviously it was a little bit easier when everything's spaced yeah. out and you're the forgot, forgotten guy mm-hmm. versus, uh, you know, but, uh, yeah, I'm with you on, on Wiseman. I, you know, I, that's who I thought they should have taken. I, you know, I, I thought they made the right choice. I know nobody wants to really talk about bigs anymore. Yeah. You, you <laughs> did. I appreciate that. But, it, you know, be a balanced team, ha- have have options everywhere, uh, and have that guy in the middle. And his athleticism is just Definitely. ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, 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 you know, but you have that, and then you get the guards back. Yeah, an interesting team. I've also liked uh, Wiggins' the development mm-hmm. there. Maybe being in a winning program again shows. Uh, yeah, has <laughs> helped. Yeah. Uh, but appreciate your thoughts and insight, Raphael. Everybody, come join the. Uh, we have NBA discussion on the board. Baltimore Sports and Life. Come and join us, Raphael. People can find you on Twitter. You're always a fun follower. Where can they find you? At Raphael J. Yep, cover cover it all. Uh, lots of good quality insights uh, you can find from Raphael there. But my thanks. Thanks for joining us, and uh, catch us again soon. All right, thanks for having me.